Ladies and gentlemen, it has been a long, long time. Happy 2021. I am your host, Josh Saffron, as always, and a man who does not have a plan for the Panama Canal, Hayden Winkler. Do you speak softly and carry a big stick? Uh, okay. So Penny Roosevelt. Yeah, no, I know. I understand who said it. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so when you, whoever's listening to this is listening to this, um, it will no longer be the case. Uh, but I'd like to celebrate because this is being recorded at, uh, in the 11 o'clock hour of January 5th, 2021. Happy one year anniversary to Carson Wentz getting his brains bashed in on one of the worst no calls in the history of uh, dirty plays in the NFL. Um I guess it was called, was it called, but it wasn't no. analyzed. At, it wasn't even called. It, it, no ramifications for a horrendous cheap shot um, that literally ruined an entire evening for so many people. I was feeling, dude, what you could, you could have given, what the hell, man? You could have given it's me the a one warning. year anniversary. It's the one year anniversary. Like, I was, I'm really caught off guard. Like, yeah, I, I was did, just thinking I about did. how much fun we had that day earlier and then I, thinking about how the football game turned out and it was just, Oh, you know, it's funny in my, in my Snapchat memories for those listeners who, you know, are part of the generation that knows how Snapchat memories work. Um, there's this great sequence of photos and it's like, it's, you know, me and you, Josh, and, and a bunch of our other friends. And, you know, we're at Temple, we're in the parking lot. It's all these great selfies. And then I swipe over and the last, I'm so proud of myself for documenting this, is me on the train home after the game. And just like smiles, smiles, groups of people, friends, happiness. And the last picture is just me like... I'm just a zombie in Eagles gear on the train home. And I'm just so miserable. It's, it's such a great sequence and it's uh, fitting to celebrate the one year anniversary of that. I want the picture. I want it ASAP. That sounds awesome. Yeah. We post it. We'll, we'll post it with the pod on Twitter. Yeah. I'll send it oh, to you so you can post it with the pod. Exactly what I was thinking. All right, man, you caught me off guard though. I mean, I thought about that today. I thought it was, you know, I, I went to the sports complex today and I looked at the link and I said it out loud a year ago today. It's right here. We were there, but it didn't, I guess I didn't really think about it. in in terms of our guy, clammy defensive end. Who is worse than Josh sweat. Who's worse than Josh sweat. Arguably. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I was in such a good mood and, and, and ah, I'm yeah. thrown off. Eagles talk, Eagles talk, Eagles talk. Take your good mood and stuff it. It's time to talk about the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, hey, that's that's how I feel. That yeah. is how I feel. I mean, I said it on my show, Trust the Process Live. I opened it up with it. I said, hey, for once in my whole life, the Eagles season is over, which means I'm feeling a little bit better. I mean, that, that's not something I've said too many times before. Year after year, playoffs or no playoffs, that season is epic. Every Sunday is something to look forward to. This year sucked, man. This year really sucked. Would you say that this Eagles season is the worst professional sports season that you've ever like been invested to? Not like, because there's been some bad Philly seasons that I was absolutely not invested in, you know? So, I, I, you know, like I watched every, uh, all 16 games as an Eagles fan and they really all sucked aside from the Saints game. W- would you agree? I mean, that was the worst season I ever watched. Yeah, it's the worst season of all time yeah. um, that, that that I've actually paid attention to. And it might even, I don't know, I'd have to dig deep into the archives, but it might outdo a lot of what the Phillies did in the mid-2010s in terms of just being awful. 
Um, and it's just because, you know, it's football. It's, it's every Sunday supposed to be a treat. Yeah. Every Sunday is supposed to be magical. And we, we would get excited and we would get to that point. And, you know, the product that gets put on the field was just not worth I mean, you know, you, you could win 10 games and lose 72 in a basketball season. I watched every single one of those. You know what I mean? I watched, And it was way better. It was just infinitely more entertaining to watch. I than, mean, especially when they were trying to lose. <laughs> like, yeah, this was a I, team. Right. For, I mean, we can talk about that. Sorry, what were you saying? No, it, I'm just like, there's no point in talking about the 2015 Sixers because yeah. that was the best year of my life. Like that, yeah. that was the most fun I've ever had watching sports. But no, the Eagles product was just. I mean, that's what I'm saying, though. Like the, the Sixers that year, Sam Hinkie, one of the few general managers to ever just come out and say, like, yeah, we're tank. This year before the season, they were like, they were grilling Howie Roseman on the radio. Just like, so what are you doing? Are you trying to win a Super Bowl this year or are you not? And he's like. I remember, I can actually remember hearing the interview because he sounded so stupid when he answered the question. He, cause, cause he threw a man in there at the end and it sounded so unnatural. It was like, oh, oh yeah, we're, we're going for this year, man. And I mean, like, imagine just Howie Roseman saying that to like Ike Reese, you know, on the radio. Oh, it sounded bad, but, but like, you know, like him saying he was going for it, I guess. I don't really know what you want him to say. Like, of course he has to say he's going for it. But just the fact that it was out there. He said he was going for it. He was he was competing this year. And that team, man, they sucked. They sucked. Ah. Like what like before we go to the Giants game. Like the Giants game. Sheesh. Tip, I'm tipping my hand there. The the Washington football team game that felt like a Giants game afterward. Well, you have any real parting words to say? Hmm. Uh, here's my parting words. There's a pod. You can find it on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, I said that week 17, Washington and Philadelphia would decide who wins the NFC East. Is that true? I did say that. I did ah. say that. And it was right. And I mean, it's not that hard. Like I've made crazier takes that have come true on this pod, uh, but Marlon it was true. Fun. No, yeah, the I mean, Rodney no. McLeod one actually. Come oh my, Rodney McLeod's freak touchdown! Come on, that, that was, was... <laughs> that should be that should make ESPN. I should be on ESPN for that. Like that was the craziest thing I've ever done in my life. I don't know. I don't know. Then I'm starting to think about the, your kickball thing. You got you got your your highlights. Like your mm, those are some good highlights. Yeah, um, I don't know. I'll think of more parting words as the pod goes. But if there's if there's something we need to talk about and and get into. Right. let's just right. do it and just put a bow on this godforsaken football That's season what I'm so look uh, let's let's try and be brief about it but we we watched did you even watch that football game against i didn't the watch football team? you didn't watch i didn't watch a second i didn't watch a second of that you football game didn't watch a second of the football game against the football team nope oh my god i know i know I'm not even, I'm not even sorry. <laughs> I'm literally not even sorry. Yeah. I, it, and it wasn't even really that calculated of a move. Um, you know, I had, I, I told you I'd stayed up till 5 a.m. Sunday morning the previous night. I napped all day. I was basically asleep for most of the Eagles. Game. Like I just, and then I would like check Twitter, see the score. I read like, I read the word Sudfeld and I was just like, it's just, I'm not putting it on. I'm just not putting it on. It's not worth it. So no, I didn't watch it. I didn't watch a single second of it. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was bad. And the and worst of all is how hard the football team tried to lose. Like even once Nate Sudfeld came in, they muffed a punt 
at the Eagles, like 16 yard line. They fumbled the snap like moments after the Eagles just turned the ball over. It was just terrible. And it was, the, it was putting on display just how bad the NFC East is that that's I mean, our champion. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. exactly what it was doing. I have, some people are taking the football team against the Buccaneers next week. Not the craziest thing I've ever heard, but certainly not something I would do. Like Jalen Hurts played terribly, and I'm going to take that with an absolute grain of salt. Mm-hmm. The question to you, Hayden, here is after the game ended, Carson Wentz, Zach Ertz, Jason Kelsey, I'll have a little cry, cry session on the field. What do you make of that? As in, can we just chalk all three of them as gone? And the part two is, is what, what do you feel? How do you feel towards those guys? That's a good question. Uh, I think it's, I think for me, I don't think it's safe to chalk all of them. I, you know, who knows what they're talking about, but it's, uh, in terms of like a Kelsey, you can't really say a bad word about Kelsey. He, I, I mean, he's a great guy. He's Philly guy. He's Eagles guy. He's Mummer's guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love Kelsey, but you know, he's old. He's probably expensive. I don't even know his con. It doesn't matter. I don't even know his contract. He's probably expensive. It, he's a center. He's a center. You know what I mean? Um, and it is what it is. Um, I think Carson will be back. <laughs> okay, that's not worth talking about quite yet, but whatever. Um, and uh, I don't really feel much for the football players of Carson Wentz and Zach Ertz. We've talked about this on the pod. For the people, I love both those guys. I, I love both those guys. I think they're great guys, and I think they've been great for the team. And I think they're the kind of guys that if they ever play like a football game at the link, uh, that they should be received really well if they come play for another team. I never, um, I never once, I never once actually thought about that. Carson, yeah, like, they they should be received well. They're they're well, guys. There's no doubt in my mind when 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 Zach Ertz comes back to Philadelphia, people are going to go crazy for that guy. Yeah. What happens if slash when? Carson Wentz comes to Philadelphia. Carson Wentz. What happens when that guy, if slash when, like, like, come, like, I have no idea. Am I being, am I being crazy? But like, I really have no idea. I, I think, I think he'll get, I think people will cheer for him. I do. I don't know. And I don't even know. I think, I don't know who's going to, what would you him. do? I think, I, I'm not going to boo. It takes a lot of effort to boo. I'm not going to boo Carson Wentz. I, yeah, wait. No, no, no. I like no how you answered to... that because that's, that is exactly how I would have answered it because you know what? I'll, I'll cheer if everyone else is cheering, but I'm not going to be the first one to stand up. I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I feel bad. He deserves better. I know he does. He, he deserves better, but but it's one of these things where it's like if all three of those guys don't play for the Eagles next year, um, I don't care. I eh, don't care. Zach Ertz shouldn't be on the team. You were right all along. Um, and even when I was defending Zach Ertz, it was like the way I defend Howie now where it's like, yeah, I mean, I'm defending the guy for some reasons, but there's not a whole lot left. Dude, and he's huh, – I don't know if he's bad. He's put up some of the best tight end numbers of all – like of Eagles history in his career, and he's like weirdly an Eagles legend, quote-unquote legend. <laughs> yeah. But it, like looking at the numbers, he is. Like he literally is. Well, I mean- and like the Super Bowl – like he's literally an say. Eagles legend, um, but he, I, where is he? Like, 
literally Dallas Goddard is better. Like I, I Dallas Goddard has been better on this team. And I'm, I've seen people on Twitter like, Ertz deserves better than this. Pay Ertz. It's like, dude, what are you talking about? That's what I'm saying. Talk, show me where. Show me where. It, Goddard has been better. Richard Rodgers has been better. I mean, he's also been on like a, a clear decline. Like that's the thing. Like you hit an age, and not that Zach Ertz is old as dirt, but it's like there's – I mean, we we all watch football. You know, you hit a certain age, and you just can't play like the young guys can. And, and that, that's Dude, what – Playing what, tight end is incredibly demanding on an old man. Like, come on. I don't know. Yeah, Zach Ertz is a baby. I, I've, I've said it. I'm going to keep saying it. You know, I hate it on my, on my show. I said good riddance to Zach Ertz, and my producer did not take kindly to that. And he, he, kept, he kept grilling me about it, and I was so – frozen because all i wanted to say was baby like like i had to keep like talking out of my ass and coming up with reasons why i don't like zach ertz and in the back of my head all i can say all i'm thinking is nah the guy's a baby guy's a baby cries cries to the cries to the big general manager when he doesn't get paid oh you caught the ball jumps up and starts screaming when he catches a six yard pass gosh just just get back in the huddle I mean, you catch a touchdown, go crazy, man. You you break off a 25-yard run, stiff arm, stiff arm a couple guys and, and truck stick. Gosh, when was the last time Ertz did either of those things? I, I literally When I, was the last Zach Ertz touchdown? I don't think I could tell you. I, I like week three. I pulled that out of my ass. I have no idea. Man, <sighs> oh my gosh. I, I, it's just it, it is sad. Like it is sad to, that we're at this point. There's no but you know what it. got us to this point is the sentimentality that your producer shows. The sentimentality for the for the Super Bowl team, like the mistake of, uh, okay, why is Deshaun Jackson back on the team? Well, hey, because it's the to... because it's the Eagles. Shut up! Stop! That's, that's Get the, over that's it! The biggest Get reason. over it! That's the biggest reason why I didn't want Zach Hurts is because there was this whole narrative where oh he's going to retire an Eagle. He's a lifelong Eagle. It's like no, you're going to give him more millions of dollars more. Because you want him to be a lifelong Eagle? No. But it's funny. You do that for people who deserve it. Like the Patriots do that for Tom Brady. You don't do that for a guy who can't score a touchdown when Dallas Carter can. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Oh, I know what you mean. It's funny that my producer, he's a Vikings fan, actually. So it's not about the sentimentality. Because after the show, I was like, I was like, Banners. I call him Banners. It's like banners, like you were you were really like hung up on that Zach Ertz thing. And he was like, Oh, that's that's my bad man. I think it's because when Stefan Diggs left, there were a bunch of Vikings fans that called him words I would never repeat. And it just it, it really stuck with me. Like he was having like some Stefan Diggs Vikings PTSD. It kind of yeah, took it out on me and, and saw the similarities. And I was like, nah, you you're good. You're good. I, I get it. We all have those guys. But this this Earth situation was just one where look I, you, look I know you're Howie guy I'm I'm not a Howie guy but I, I Howie think, guy I mean oh you, you did it to yourself I guess, I'm sorry yeah I'll I'll shoulder the weight of being Howie guy I don't care but it doesn't I, matter you're Howie guy but then when it comes to being Jalen Hurts guy I'll give you you're Jalen Hurts guy number one I'm I'm number two like like I I call him how I see him but oh man I feel like I forget what I was saying I got a little got a little too hung up on saying you were Howie guy. Yeah, sorry. I guess I guess I am. Hey. It just it's not. This, I'm gonna live, get doxxed for that. You live by the sword, die by the sword. You, uh, you got another year. You got another year to redeem yourself. You might as well I don't stay even on. think. I don't even think that's a good. I think it's a hard. I can't believe that. I literally can't believe he didn't lose his job. 
nah, I'm man. Howie guy, and I think he should have lost his job. Man, it's, it's just that's that's the Eagles, man. It's, but I think Doug should have gone too. And we lose the only guy that I like on the entire team. Who? Oh, Jim Schwartz. Jim Schwartz. I love yeah. Jim Schwartz. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry, Eagles fans everywhere. I, I, sorry, Andrew Lynch's of the world. I love Jim Schwartz. Yeah, dude. Like, I, I, got, I think he I was a great coordinator. I, whatever. Whatever. I mean, I look, love Jim I Schwartz. I don't love Jim Schwartz, but I hate when people are celebrating that he's going to be gone. Like, that just makes no sense to me. That you know, you might, that's a better point. That's a better point than loving Jim Schwartz is yeah. like, what do you celebrate? What, what, what do, do you, you have some mastermind? Like, like, is Jim Schwartz the best defensive coordinator? No. But, like, who do you think is going to come in here and be better than Jim Schwartz? Because the bottom line is that defense, like, they sucked. It was Darius Slay in the front four, and the front four was never healthy at once. Like, it's just amazing that this defense didn't get burned as bad as they did in the Dallas game every game. But, and, you know, you know what my parting words of 2020 might be for the Eagles? And it's something that I haven't heard anyone say this entire year. And I think it might be a little long overdue. Where the hell was Nickel, Nickel Roby Coleman? Is that how you say his first name? Nickel? Is it literally just Nickel or is it like Mikhail? He's not Russian, but. I thought it was like Nickel. Nickel. Are we going with Nickel? Nickel Roby Coleman. I would Coleman. say Nickel Roby Coleman. Nickel yeah. Roby That guy sucked. Like. That guy literally was terrible, and he was one of the guys I was probably most excited for coming into this year. Darius slot Slay, God. What? Slot God? Slot God yeah, was slot his nickname. Yeah, God. Yeah. Give me like a Avante break. Mattis. You're terrible. You're terrible. You can't play the game. Oh, man. Where's Craven? Where's, where's Put Craven out there for all I care. Where is he gets Cra- burned sometimes, but put him out there. He, he, he tries way harder than Nikel Roby Coleman. Where's Rasul the Slot Douglas? God. Rasul Douglas would have done better than... I mean, literally, this like I'm not even being hot takey. I'm not being a takesman here. I like literally, Rasul Douglas would have been the better option. Sidney Jones would have been better. Better out, you know, would have been the better option. Ronald Darby would have been the better mm. option. I'll, I'll you go lose that me at Darby. You lose me at Darby. Ronald Darby's defense made the playoffs. Uh, well, I guess. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I guess you're right there. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> I mean, look. Give me Malcolm Jenkins. Really ah, he's old. That's Sen- the thing. Sentimentality. Sentimentality. He's That's exactly dude, what I was going to say. He's a good player, though. He's a good player. He's a good player. He had I a mean, few more years of production. Maybe, maybe he only had this year of production left in him. But, like, dude, maybe I think we make the playoffs if Malcolm Jenkins is on the team. I mean, Emotionally, locker room, and on the field. That's a, He's a guy, dude. He's, he's, he's a man. Love that guy. I miss him. Oh yeah, love that, love that guy, love that guy, hundred percent. Man, I'm done. I'm done. You got anything to say about the Eagles? I'm done. That seems dude. That, that's crazy that we're done. We're not gonna talk. I I have a take I want to make before right, we finish it. Eagles. Um, I mean, we're not putting like I'm not putting a hard cap on Eagles conversations, but I'm just saying like for all for all intents and purposes, you know, like this is gonna be a like a not. This is just not an Eagles podcast from here on out. Yeah, okay. I'm seeing a lot of takes that Howie, like, oh, oh, doesn't matter that we picked six, doesn't matter that we lost because Howie's going to screw it up. I agree. Uh, uh-uh. Are you getting Devontae Smith? No. That's not Howie's fault. He's going to get picked third. Right. I know, I know. He's going to get picked uh, third. So and it's then like, Jamar if Chase you're not is going to get picked Smith, fourth. 
Dude, what I'm saying is whoever like here's here's my take. When you pick back at 18 or 22, like the the Doug Peterson and Howard Roseman have both been accused of like when they draft, they're trying to like find the diamond in the rough and hit that like weird surprise home run. Um, and it doesn't work. When you pick sixth in the NFL draft, like they're they're not they're not gonna pick a a, a Pac-12 receiver. You know what I mean? They're not gonna pick yeah. a Jalen Rager. Like I'm just it's one of these things where it's like if Devontae Smith and uh, Jamar Chase go off the board, the Eagles are kind of boned. And that is the only p- potential where like maybe they'll reach on a receiver they shouldn't reach on well, or they'll take a chance on like Waddle. You know what I mean? Or something I, like that. What's the problem with that though? Do nothing. But like pe- the, my problem is people are saying like Howie Roseman is going to screw this up. The, the last time Howie Roseman picked in the top 10, he picked Carson Wentz. And I just think when you get into that top 10, into that top like seven, the Eagles pick six, like, I, I, I don't know. People are like, we're going to screw this draft up. It's like, you don't really screw an NFL draft up yeah. when you pick sixth overall. You know what I mean? Like, I yeah, just, I, I guess I no, like, I hear what you're saying. And I think My, if that's people's main argument against Howie and it's like drafting is number one. And a lot of the other stuff that he's done wrong is like the rest of the laundry list is mm-hmm. it's like, I, there's like, there's 10 players that I would take on my team and they're the top 10 players. It's like, I just don't, I just don't see like when you pick sixth, I don't think you can screw up a draft that bad that way. I don't know. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I, I would agree. I would agree with that, but I would say, I guess in the context of this year specifically, like in this year's draft, like in the context of week 17, Sunday night football, because it's hard not to talk about the draft spot without contextualizing it that way. I don't think there's like a real difference between picking sixth and picking ninth or 10th, wherever they would have picked. Like if you look at the teams on that list, there's really not that much of a difference. And, and again, like mock drafts are, are, are called mock drafts for a reason. Like they are not firmed up. Like some team could go ahead and pick one of the wide receivers, but every mock draft I look at, you know, every, I mean, every mock draft and common sense I look at these teams other than Miami at three, who have now come out and said that they're sticking with Tua. Like none of these teams are taking wide receivers. So whether you're drafting at six, whether you're drafting at nine or 10, Devontae Smith was going to go to Miami and the Eagles were going to get, take their pick, Jamar Chase or Jalen Waddle. Now, you know, I, we were about to close the book on the Eagles and I thought we Wait, could... can I ask you another draft question? If you're, are you going somewhere else? No, I was going mock draft. Okay. Then sorry, continue. Yeah. I was continue. just going to say, I mean, in, in your, cause in my mind it's wide receiver bust, but I'm looking at mock drafts and they have, so many different positions they got cornerback they got linemen and, and i'm not against that but in my mind i just think this is another year where like last year they were saying like oh this is the best wide receiver draft ever this year i think like you got three guys who you know are just going to be wide receiver number one pretty much like in, in smith waddle and chase so and Devonte smith being the clear best of the three of that group so just to me like it's wide receiver or bust for the eagles would you agree no that's what i was going to ask you if you see micah parsons with the eagles logo with the eagles hat on oh my god if you see patrick certain with an eagles hat on now i can talk about patrick certain look i'll say this about micah parsons though uh micah parsons is a fine player i'm sure i didn't watch a ton of him uh his college team really sucked this year like i'll say that he didn't play this year he He took the year off you know how many times i've done that with college football players like i cannot (laughs) keep track i was talking about 
Kenneth Gainwell on Memphis, like during a pregame <laughs> show, and and then I found out minutes in that he was coveted. So, oh yeah, Micah Parsons didn't play. Yeah, well, okay, so but then, that doesn't necessarily help his draft stock. <laughs> that doesn't help his draft stock, and in and I hate to be someone who holds on to one piece of information, never lets it go, but that's exactly what I'm going to do. 94-1 WIP, John Ritchie, ex-Eagle fullback. He was doing a camp like within the last two years, and Micah Parsons was one of the players at the camp. And John Ritchie, anytime Micah Parsons is brought up, is so adamantly anti-Micah Parsons. And he says, like, just be, like he doesn't go into details because, you know, he's a good person. He doesn't want to completely slander Micah Parsons. He's a kid. But from what he says, Micah Parsons is just like that, that asshole kind of that you don't want on like he's so entitled he thinks he's the absolute best like and like no, no like that's that's not his exact words and that's not like what they're saying but like there's like michael parsons has an attitude he might be a problem and that's just like ah, that's not something i want with my top 10 draft pick where there's where there's guys at wide receiver and there's also certain i, I want to say certain every time but i think it's certain yeah i don't even know I don't even know that like I, I, I am anti anti Micah Parsons, but what, what were you, were you high on Micah? Well, because I want a linebacker, but I wanted a linebacker last year. Yeah. And he's kind of more like the, the three, four style rusher linebacker, not necessarily, not necessarily like a, like a guy who's going to drop into coverage that frequently, but you're thinking about the best player on the Eagles, Brandon Graham um, approaching retirement. Do you get a good BG replacement? and some BG insurance. Then you think about you have Darius Slay for a few more years. Do you let the best cornerback in the draft to learn from Darius Slay and be his opposite? That's kind of attractive to me. I think that is sexy. Yeah. I think if Chase and Smith are off the board, then like a certain would be, would be the way to go um, and, and let them play next to or across from Darius Slay and let them learn from Darius Slay. And that would be awesome. Um, but I don't necessarily know that both of those two will be off the board. And I think between those three players and I will add Micah Parsons as a possibility, you're talking about four players and two teams are going to probably, you're going to have Penne, say Sewell, Sewell, the lineman from Oregon, who I would literally trade up for, um, and Trevor Lawrence. And then you've got four players to get to pick six. And, you know, that's going to be one of our guys. And I just don't, I, hopefully it's going to be one of our, I'll tell you what, if Howie does screw this up, I don't think he's going to, if Howie does screw this up, I'm not going to be able to defend the man. But, um, but if he, but you know, if Chase, if Chase and Smith are off the board, are we going to blame Howie Roseman? Like, are you going to blame him if he picks Parsons? Like, will you, will you say that Howie Roseman did the wrong thing in picking Micah Parsons if those two are off the board? I mean, no, I'll wait until Micah Parsons plays a football game. Like yeah. I will, I will voice displeasure with the pick, but I won't say it's the wrong move. But uh, yeah, I mean, pretty much, yeah. Why not? I mean, I a scapegoat, sure, I'll take it. Yeah, <laughs> Fair someone's got to Someone's got to pay the piper. You're at least intelligent. Like I don't know, people on social media are just stupid. They just like, how he's going to screw this up? It's like if he has the sixth pick, like, God, you you, know, you, mean, you aren't a GM in the NFL. Like you're a guy on Twitter. Just shut up. Yeah, just shut look, up. Because like, look, I don't. It's tough because now I'm sounding like a social media idiot. It's just. Do I think he's going to screw it up? No. Do I have faith in him to do the right thing? Also, no. Like, that's that's what I'm saying. Because, like, that's I fair. agree with what you're saying, where it's like, yeah, it's hard to screw up a top 10 pick. 
But like I sit here and I and I say, no, I don't have faith in Howie to make the pick I want to make the quote unquote right pick. I, I just, gosh, man, I'm sorry. I can't talk about this anymore. I can't. I can't. It brings me displeasure. It brings me great displeasure when we could be talking about the number one team in basketball. The number one team in basketball plays in the area where your phone number starts with the digits 215. And, 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 and we could talk about them right now. Let's do it. Hayden. Nice segue. That was, <laughs> that was I, I'm okay with that. That was nice. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, it was an, it was like a, not an anger. It was, that was pure frustration. I dude, I'm so done. I am so done with the Eagles and I love that team with everything I got, but going on to the, to the other team, the one right across the street, those 76ers, here they come team of the year, Hayden Winkler. What? What do you just like mm, when you're going to bed and you can't fall asleep because you're so excited about a basketball team? What specifically are you thinking about in your dreams when you're dreaming about that team that wears red, white, and blue? Um, just the just the way the game flows for them. Like I like that. Like late in the in the most recent game against the Hornets, Mark and Allah were just like, "This is fun!" Like. It just, it's so, it just looks so good. They're just out there running. Everyone's scoring. Like, you know, like even like Matisse Thibel, like not necessarily score first guy. Like we love his defense. We love Matisse for the reasons we love him. But like, you know, they get out on the run or they set up even an offensive set and they just like, guys will just score. You know, Mike Scott has looked good. Mike Scott's been scoring. Matisse Thibel taking the ball to the basket and just scoring. And they're just, they're moving, they're moving. They're flowing. The ball is moving. They look like a team coached by, well, they look like a team with immense talent coached by a guy who really knows how to coach an NBA team. I mean, Doc, Doc Rivers has these guys. He has them balling. He has them balling. I can't, I cannot tell a lie. Doc Rivers has the guys balling. And um, it's just, and like seeing just everybody get involved, the young guys, Maxi and Thibel, and then like, you know, Mike Scott before the injury, a, a new look kind of Tobias. And then like I texted you, Joel Embiid resting comfortably on the bench with 25 minutes and 14 points. Does he want more points for himself? Probably, but oh my God, sit there, sit there and let other people do the work, Joel. Like, ah, it's just a thing of beauty. The, the, they are really coming together. It's amazing. Wow. I, um, I can't help but I, I don't want to do this to you, but it's what I got out of it. A little bit. Are you saying that Glenn Rivers is a better coach and makes a difference than Brett Brown? There's a chance that Brett Brown's team is 500 or less at this point. There's a, there's dude, there's a real chance that a Brett Brown team is 500 or worse at this point. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying. Right. And like you and I are Brett Brown guys and I'll always love Brett Brown. And I think he did get an unfair I, I, I did think he got unfair, but like, you know, the difference between like Brett Brown and a middle grade NBA coach, I think Brett Brown is better than some middle grade NBA coaches. I don't necessarily know if Glenn Rivers is a middle grade NBA. I think he's a good, I mean, he's a good coach. That is a pretty I mean, significant hire. Yeah. I'd say he's, so, he's, yeah, he's a better coach than Brett yeah. Brown. I'm sorry. He's a better coach than Brett yeah, Brown. Yeah. I mean, he is. he is. Yeah. There's no, there's no question about it. I just, yeah. 
It was just the way you were talking about it. There was an implication, and I wanted to be clear about it. Jeez, man. And, yeah, they and just I agree. look so good. They look I, I agree. So good. It's awesome. I, it's just awesome. Yeah. I, it's awesome. And, and you know what? Because of the segue, we deserve to be happy. We need to, like, you, you going from Eagles to this, that's like, what, that's we deserve I'm, to be happy. Let's let ourselves be happy for a that's, while. That's what I'm saying. We were talking about the Eagles, and I was like, dude, there's no reason. We have, a, we have like, eight months. I know it's not eight months. We have eight months to talk about the mock drafts, and who are they going to pick? Who are they going to pick? Who are they going to pick? I don't know. I have no idea who they're going to pick. Let's talk about the team that's winning. And, and what keeps me up? I'm going to bed. I'm about to fall asleep. And, and what's that that I'm picturing? Is that a bead drawing three players and then finding a wide open Curry brother for a three? What? I mean, everything about that. Like, that sounds like we traded Joel to Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> everything about it, it sounds like we traded Joel to Dallas. Yeah. But, but like, oh my gosh, it's just. The, the combination of the two things in there, the one, there is nothing I love to see more than, than Embiid passing out of these, these double teams, these triple teams. And, and, and just like, cause that's like, it's been this thing every year where it's like, Oh my gosh, if this guy could stay healthy and if he could just protect the ball and know what to do when he got swarmed. And, and that's something that I think is Glenn rivers. And I was reading an article, rich Hoffman athletic, just like classic normie article. And it said something like Glenn Rivers was saying, like he said, oh, it was something about like, you, we have to make it a problem for other teams when they trap us. And, and, like, and then like Rich Hoffman was like, clearly that's really stuck well with Joel Embiid. Was Brett Brown not saying those things? Like, like you know what I mean? Like, I just remember hearing from other people like, like, oh, Brett Brown's not teaching the team how to close out games. It's like, don't you think Brett Brown is like doing what he can? to have the Sixers close out games. Like, and like, cause it's just like a quote, like Glenn Rivers says, Oh, we need to make it a problem when teams try and trap us. It's like, so you tell me Brett Brown said to the Sixers, Oh, I don't know if they trap you. I don't know, boys, you're screwed. Like, like, like uh, not to, not to stay on, like, I'm happy for what we have. And I love Glenn. It's just, I just find it funny that there's this notion that Brett Brown was just like, whatever they trap you, whatever. Not that I'm not saying that's what Rich Hoffman was saying. It's just, that clearly that whole anti-Brett Brown contingency is still, they have real estate in my head and it still sticks with me. Well, allow me to, allow me to help us both out. Here's the fact of the matter, regardless of whether Brett Brown, I mean, maybe one day Joel Embiid will retire and say, Brett Brown was the worst coach I ever had, you know, whatever. And that will hurt that you and I will cry for a few days. Here's the thing. Brett Brown took the best team in Sixers recent memory probably a better team than the Iverson than the O one Iverson team to oh, no doubt to the conference finals <laughs> with minus minus the worst shot in basketball history. Like Brett, like Brett Brown took his best team really far and probably could have taken them further. That, that is my defense of Brett Brown. This team, you got to give them time to grow. This is why we could talk about like, do you trade people? I, I give this team the room to grow together and this team, the room to work together and don't disrupt it and let a, we've admitted this probably superior coach, definitely superior coach. Take this team as far as he can take them, let them grow together, let them work. And, and it's not like, and you're right, Brett Brown, people like the Brett Brown haters would say, Oh, Brett Brown didn't, didn't coach for traps. Didn't, didn't know what he was. It's like, no dude, he's an NBA coach. You know what I mean? Like he knows more than you do about basketball. <laughs> Get over it. But like, 
I mean, it could just be the way they practice. You know, the way you practice under Glenn Rivers, the way you run, the way he runs it, it just, it just might be superior. It's just like the way of sports. Some coaches are better than others. And I think that's just kind of what we have. We just have to celebrate that we have a good one. No, it's true. I just think it's crazy how, like, it's just how they, uh, and I like Rich Hoffman. I like the article, actually. It was just that one line where I was like, what? Like, are we seriously going to say that, like, Glenn just had to say, oh, we're going to make teams pay when they trap us, and that was it. And Bede suddenly is just amazing at that one thing that was, like, his kryptonite the last couple of years. I mean, there was nothing worse than seeing all these guys collapse on Embiid and him try and spin out of it. But look, you I'm see, not, I'm you see two guys go on Joel Embiid. It's like, all right, we'll get the ball next possession. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, okay, fine. I just, whatever. I just think about that whole Celtics. That's what that whole. If there were two minutes left in the fourth quarter on that Celtics series, the confetti series, it's just that's what it was like. Like, can we go back in time and have this version of Embiid? Oh, but y- you know, I, I didn't want to. I don't want to talk about him because I have nothing. <sighs> can't believe I'm, I don't have much good to say about Tobias Harris, dude. Like. Like, I know he is going off right now. That guy is looking amazing right now. And it's so obvious that if Tobias Harris can play the way he has played in his last four games, this is a championship-caliber team. And I don't think, as I said earlier, I I have a reputation of being a bit of a takesman, but that's me. That's not – this isn't me being a a takesman when I say that. I think Tobias Harris putting up these numbers immediately – just leaps the Sixers into championship caliber team. The bottom line is Hayden. I have zero faith, like absolutely zero that Tobias Harris is able to keep this going. And I, I, I like, I know it doesn't make sense. And, and like, I'm playing a video game world when I say this, but I trade Tobias Harris right now. I trade him tomorrow because I don't think you're going to get a, a better value for the guy. And, and I just think about what you could do with all that extra money and all the other, you could get a guy who's better than, oh my gosh, I'm forgetting his name. Oh my goodness. The center. How am I forgetting his name? Dwight Howard? No, 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 the guy behind him. Tony Bradley. Tony Bradley. Tony Bradley. A- Antonio Sorry. Bradley. Like, that, like, that's just one of the things where I am firm in this, and I, and I, am, so, I am so excited to get proved wrong by Tobias Harris. And he's been doing so in the last four games. I don't think Tobias is good at anything. I think he like I like what is Tobias Harris really good at? I don't know. Scoring. I, I guess in the last four games he's good at scoring. Elite defense in the last four games. Not not in his career, but elite defense in the I last four games. Two, he's averaging two steals and two blocks, which just blows my mind. But that's what I'm saying. Like like I, I've said this before. I mean, he's. I'm asking you. Is it possible for Tobias to sustain this unsustainable play? Like, obviously, the answer is no. But like, come on, are you buying it? I'm not, dude. Here's here's the thing. I I <laughs> I don't think I could disagree with you much more than I do until you say trade him now while he has the value he has of being yes. the Eastern Conference Player of the Month. Like, <laughs> you will never get that value. No, nah, but. Uh, and it's, it's kind of fun. It's like, as soon as a guy hits a hot streak, it's like, oh, he's on the trade block now. Cause who knows what we could get for him. But I think what, I think I'm going back to my point of like, just, I, I don't think I want to break this group up. I, I don't think I want to break up the group that we have under Glenn rivers. Um, and, and people have been so hard on Tobias, me included. 
I've, although I've always been a little bit softer on Tobias than a lot of Philadelphians, um, but people have always been so hard on Tobias because he's not worth the money. The objective fact is he's not worth the money we're paying him. But over the last four games, he has been. Um, and if it's and it's so early in the season, you let him grow into his role on this team. You let him continue to work on the things that he's elite at, and you let him be coached up by a great coach in the NBA that he 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 has lacked. Not again. Brett Brown arguments aside, like Tobias Harris, like hasn't hasn't really in the NBA had like a coach that could be a Hall of Fame level, like elite coach, deep playoff kind of coach. Glenn Rivers. And now he's got Glenn Rivers. Well, he had Glenn Rivers, but he didn't really like you know like he didn't really have like the Glenn Rivers. I don't know that that Clippers team was just like whatever. Well, that's my point. Um, that's what I'm, that's my point. That's how I view Tobias Harris. That's how I will always view Tobias Harris. He's a guy who puts up good stats on bad teams. Now, if he can like he's putting up good stats on a really good team right now, and and, and I'm getting proved wrong day by day. And and even even after this four game stretch, Hayden, I am I am so I'm unwavering. Honestly, I'm unwavering when I say he's going to get brought back down to earth. I really really believe that. And I'm not. I promise you, I'm not rooting for it. Like there are times where I will get so hung up on a take, or I'll, or I'll start rooting for it. Like this past weekend when I said Browns are going to Brown, and I was rooting so hard for the Pittsburgh Steelers to beat the Browns. <laughs> like that is where I will get hung up on my own take and like root for it no like i really want tobias harris to do well because like i don't think there's much disagreement here tobias harris is the x factor of this team he's the x factor of the season so look i i if tobias harris plays the way he plays this team's in the championship like this team is literally in the championship based on the eastern conference because it looks like your only competition is the nets who i have zero faith in like i think the nets are going to lose their first round game they'll play the seventh seed and lose because they have a bunch of huge heads in their locker room they have one they have a guy that they have a guy that ruins teams like kyrie irving ruins teams kevin durant has has his big head issues you know what i mean yeah but but kyrie irving is the one that ruins teams He's. You're, I agree with you that they're going to be a disaster. I don't know if those two can coexist. What about Amari Stoudemire on the coaching staff? The, the <laughs> That's true. That's true. Kevin Durant is the best scorer in the game. Yeah. Of second, our lifetimes. Second best. Like of our of our generation of basketball, he might be the best scorer. Second best. LeBron. Nope. Okay, it's because he's. A, I think he's a better scorer than LeBron. I, 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 oh, he's definitely a better score than LeBron. How about the, how about the fat boy from H Town? <sighs> no, Kevin Durant's a better score than. Oh, Kevin no, Durant. give me the fat boy from H Town any day. Good old Hardeen, which, by the way, I went out of my way to watch their first game of the year, mm-hmm. like just cause I was like, man, I see all this stuff about James Harden and how he sucks and how he's fat and how he's like an asshole because he like, he like went out or whatever. It, like it doesn't matter. He's James Harden. Like, like, like that. It was just funny. Like they lost the game. It was a close game. They were clearly outmatched. It was just fun to watch because it was like, I don't know. I think for some of the, some other players, it really matters. But for James Harden, it's like, nah, doesn't matter. He's James, fat, skinny, buff. Guy's just gonna do his little dribble moves, take that step back, and he's gonna make it. I love him. I can't. Dude, if we traded for James Harden, we would we could sim to the finals. Like we could sim the rest of the season to the NBA finals, but I'd rather get there our way. 
You know what I mean? Nope. I literally would rather get there our way. Like not, our way. not losing Maxi, not losing Thibel, not no. losing picks, See, not losing Simmons. I'd rather get there our way. Hayden, the Rockets, because the Rockets aren't going to get there. He's not going to take the Rockets there. That's the thing. Well, if you can't just do it down there, then okay, invite him here, and they'll have Joel Embiid, and they'll figure it out, and they'll get to the finals. But it's like, so, so I'd just, rather do it our way. So you're just throwing right out now. the idea of Simmons to Simmons for Harden, like you're talking about the other avenue, like the Maxi Bible <laughs> Avenue, because I, I was salivating over the idea of a Simmons for Harden, and and you know I'm not an anti Simmons guy. Like there are people who are anti Simmons. I'm not an anti-Simmons guy. By the way, if you're listening to this podcast and you're anti-Simmons, you're a fool. You're a moron and I don't respect you. I think those people have just been going by the wayside. Like, even before the season started, I, I don't know. I think people are just getting a little smarter about Ben Simmons. But, um, oh, man. Ben Simmons. He, he's look, he, he's not. Of the he, year. What's that? Defensive player of the year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Defensive player. Of the awesome. year. I love Ben Simmons, dude. I don't want to trade Ben Simmons, but if it was for Harden, I'm not going to complain. That's what I'm saying. And then, you know what we could always say, indisputably? Sam Hinkie brought James Harden to Philadelphia. <laughs> we, could, uh. we could say that, like, and, and no one could dispute us. I really don't think you, like, nobody could dispute that. Sam Hinkie brought James Harden to Philadelphia. And that, that was always Sam Hinkie's big calling card when he worked with Houston. Like, yeah, we made a bunch of small moves that led to Harden uh, coming to the Rockets. And then it could have come full circle if we said, yeah, Sam Hinkie's the reasons James Harden, Sam Hinkie is the reason James Harden came to Philly and they won the 2021 championship. But instead we'll be saying, oh, the 2021 Sixers had a good run. They had a good season and they lost. I mean, come on. Do you see this team winning the championship? And I love this team. I love this team. I do not want to play Johnny Raincloud here, but come on. I can't see it. I still can't see it. I gotta I gotta put some time in. Of course. It's a it's a loaded question. I'm sorry. My it was it's it's way too early. Like like there's yeah. no doubt. It is way too early. I'm not that afraid of the East. Oh no. And then who am I afraid of? LeBron? Eh. Ben Simmons versus LeBron James? Eh. That's yeah. That's uh, no, no, like that. That is the thing, though, because let's. Uh, I'll, I'll rein it in. Let's reel it in. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have brought up the championship. Let's rein it into this week. Let, let's look ahead to the Nuggets and the Nets. Mm-hmm. The Nuggets are that team on the schedule where I see them and I'm like, God damn it! I have to watch the Sixers play the Nuggets. That's just gonna suck. That's gonna suck yeah. for me. I'm gonna have to watch Will Barton and, and Monte Morris combine for 50 points somehow. Like that's that's what I think of when I think of a Nuggets game. There's something about this year. Don't feel that way. Like I, I, I have this Embiid Jokic matchup. It's, it's simply a heavyweight matchup. No other way to put it. Two heavyweights duking it out. That's going to be exciting. And, and every year I'm like, Oh my God, not Jamal Murray this year. I'm like, you just throw Ben Simmons on the guy. What's he going to do? Score 20. Like I have just complete confidence in Ben Simmons to lock up Jamal Murray now, I mean, I don't know if that's how they're going to match him up. I, that's what would make most sense to me. I mean, height-wise, it doesn't make the most sense, but you got your best defender against one of their best – I mean, yeah, I guess because of Jokic. Their best non-Jokic scorer. Exactly, yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. it's tough to say who they're on their best. So, yeah, their best non-Jokic scorer. And then you just have all the other guys do the rest. And if Michael, Michael Porter Jr. might be out because of COVID, and that makes me feel a lot better. But it just – like, I don't know. I think you'd agree that – Years past, you see Will Barton, you see Monte Morris. They get hot one night. They put up 40 or whatever, like combined. 
they got the Sixers got guards this year. It feels different. I feel a little more confident. Are you feeling that way? Or are you still looking at the Nuggets like, God damn it? It's funny because I, you know, not every team is the Charlotte Hornets. You know what I mean? They're um, not very good, especially um, with like Bismack. Like Bismack had one year where bad. everyone thought he was good. Like that guy sucks. Like yeah. that guy's nothing against Embiid for sure. Yeah, I, but it's you know you talk about you know take Joel battle against Jokic, take Ben, maybe he battles against Murray. Um, the the take of let the other guys do the rest. <laughs> is not a Sixers take that has ever existed until right now where we're feeling really good about like where we are. Um, the other guys doing the rest allowed us to get the score run up on. And it's like, can Joel play hero ball? I do think this team up until the Charlotte game relied too heavily on Joel Embiid to be their main source of success. I'd like to see like, like who on who for Denver is, is the Tobias Harris stopper. Michael like Porter if Joel, yeah, but he's a young guy. I mean, Tobias is a veteran scorer. So my thing is, like, if Joel Embiid is going to be tied up with Jokic, this is, would be a great showcase game for Tobias Harris. Um, and, and, like, and, and a good showcase game for what Glenn Rivers can do with non-Embiid. Like, we saw him rest for a good portion of the Charlotte game against a bad team. Let's see him not necessarily taken out of the game. Joel's going to get his. But against a really tough matchup, what can Glenn Rivers do with the rest of the guys? And I think teams like the Nuggets are going to tell us a lot about the Sixers moving forward. It's not going to be the end of the world if they lose, but if they win the game against Denver, that's going to be exciting to see how the supporting cast, you know, plays and when it beats in a, in a tough matchup. And then the Brooklyn game obviously is a whole different beast. Yeah. Yeah. And in that Nuggets game, I, I can't remember off the top of my head which one's first. I'm really excited for that Nuggets game now. Just, I want to watch that Jokic and bead matchup. Like, there, there are not many games where, you know, I'm, like the Sixers are playing someone and you're like, man, I want to see how these big men match up. Like, like the Nuggets are one of a few. Like the Lakers would be one of them. But the Lakers are just such a good team where I'm like, nah, I, I want nothing to do with that. Um, but the, the, yeah, the Nuggets game, I think that's a win. And then we got the Nets. And I, I'm not sure if you're aware of it, but Kevin Durant will not be playing in this game. Right. I did read that. Yeah, that's no fun. I want Kevin Durant to play. I want to see how we can do against him. That raises something I wanted to bring up to you also. So that's a back-to-back. That's the back end of a back-to-back. And they're playing the hapless Wizards the night Mm -hmm. before. Mm -hmm. So I was wondering what you would want to do with Joel Embiid. I'll tell you what I would do. Well, first of all, I think it's time to stop playing JoJo. Stop. I mean, stop. It's time to stop, stop playing Joel Embiid on back-to-backs. Double negative there. Had to catch myself. Um, I've been a proponent for benching him on back-to-backs his whole career, but here's the deal. This guy's in his prime. The guy's clearly in his prime, and, you know, you don't know what you got till it's gone, but right now we know what we have, so I think we, we use him as much as you can, and especially when you're playing – like we saw that Cavs game and maybe I'm like, I've, I've been hurt once. I don't want to get hurt again. So I, I'm scared, man. I don't want to sit Joel for that wizards game. I don't want to sit Joel against the wizards and then everyone, and then you lose to the wizards and that just does not sit well. So I was thinking gun to my head. You got to play Joel for one game. I'd actually play him for the wizards. Now I know I'm in the minority there, but to me, it's like if you play Joel Embiid against the Wizards, that's a guaranteed win. 
and then you just let the chips lie where they may against the Nets. Because even if you play Joel, you know, you should be the favorite. You should dominate that, maybe not dominate, but you should win that game. What happens if you bench Joel against the Wizards? You lose, and then you play Joel for the TNT game against the Nets, and you lose that also. Like, I guess I'm just scared of that, and that might not be the best way to think, but I can't help it. I just want to hear your thoughts on that. Um, well, you'd, you'd hope that you could do the everyone's favorite quote of the NBA season. Mark Zumoff loves it. Glenn Rivers loves it. The, the old-fashioned load management against the Wizards. Um, let Joel get some run and bench him. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, let Joel get some run, get ahead on the Wizards, which you should do. Although the Wizards are, I think they're better than they have been with yeah. Russell Westbrook. Yeah, but, I mean, I was kind of, I was kind of setting us up by calling him hapless, just so we can make a bigger deal when, when the Sixers lose. Because I, I don't know, it's, it's like it's trap game territory. I don't know. Yeah, but I, I mean, if you could get out to a to a good lead, um, and then get that old fashioned benching, I think, I think that could be something we could look out for. You, I mean, you could load manage Joel on back to backs. There's no reason to ask him to play a bunch um against the wizards if especially if the other people show up and i think it goes back to the point i was kind of making and let's get a showcase of how the other people do you know if if everyone shows up against washington and joel shows up and everyone else does then you could be in the position where joel doesn't have to play a lot coming down the stretch and rests up because i i I frankly don't think you're going to sit joel for the tnt game against brooklyn right i just don't think you're going to do that it's it's Um, not going to happen and and no (laughs) Think about just think about that Houston Rockets game. Like that's that's it'll I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. I had a hundred and six degree fever for that game. <laughs> that's a fallacy. <laughs> yeah, that's not true. It was a hundred and three. Do you remember that? I was like super. I was incredibly ill for the Joel Embiid TNT oh, game against the Rockets. I remember it. I remember it. We were all watching it together. Me and me and the friends. And you were you were on your deathbed texting like oh, oh yeah yeah yeah. I was like barely awake, just watching Joel Embiid just be a monster, be a monster, and you know look good and get killed doing it too. That was a that was a sad day. That was hard. He he did he not have a crazy good day before the like he was playing so well before the injury. Or am I making that up? Oh no no he was he was going off, but that was also like I think Harden might have scored sixty. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. I'm not. I'm not saying sixty. Like, oh, dude, he scored like like. No, no, no. I'm saying like, he scored sixty that game. Like, but that's that's the thing about this team. They now James Harden's a different beast. If James Harden comes to town, he might put up sixty. But it's been it's been year in and year out. You know, you get a good guard against the Sixers, it's over. Like the fact that Terry Rozier didn't score fifty. You know, like that's the difference between years this year and other years. The fact that yeah. Terry Rozier only scored like 40 and didn't score like 50. So, yeah, I'll sign up for that any day of the week and twice on Sunday. Pretty much the last thing I want to ask here, who do you love on the Sixers team that does not play? I mean, there are not a lot of options. There, it's like Isaiah Joe, B-Ball Paul, uh, Poirier, Tony Antonio Bradley. Uh, what about that? Uh... Matthias. Dude's a bucket. Who? The, the, I don't remember his first name. His last name is Matthias. Is that the guy we, uh, the, the, the white guy that we signed three times? Yeah. No, that was Brokoff. That That's what I'm thinking of. No, um, 
I can't remember his first name. He, he looks like every other white guy in the world. And he came in in the Charlotte game and like hit some threes, hit a nice step back too. He, he, he's kind of a bucket. Like, I think he's probably a liability and there's a reason he doesn't play with the first or second team, but he was the, he was the best scorer on the floor for the third unit. Isaiah Joe missed like a, I, I like Isaiah Joe. Don't get me wrong. He missed like a kind of embarrassingly bad three pointer. And this dude Matthias was just kind of like coming up and down the court and taking some good shots and making them. Um, I think he's, I think he's my favorite on that last unit, uh, but I like them all. I like them. I like B-ball. I have B-ball Paul. It is, is it? Yeah, B-ball Paul. That's that's good stuff. That, you know, his friends called him that like third grade. Like, <laughs> that's awesome. God, love B-ball Paul. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, I hey, I, that that pretty much wraps it up for me. I mean, Rutgers basketball took a took a took a drubbing tonight. So yeah, we'll, we'll see some of, that, some of that Rutgers chat for a little bit. Meanwhile, Temple hoops as uh, they cannot stop getting COVID over here. So, oi, you're. Europe and, not, and even if even if they didn't, they're ranked 160th, baby. Not great. Yeah. Not great. Yep, yep, yep. Hey, <laughs> they can they can service hell play better than I can. So. Oh, there you go. That's we got to remember that at the end of the day. <laughs> who am I to who am I to say? Yep. Always staying humble in case somehow one of them are listening to me. You know, but uh, no. man, not good. Except you know they they do have they do have one guy that you can hang your hat on, and that, and that's what that's what I like. Jer- Jeremiah Williams. I think he went to the same college as D Rose, or, uh, college, same high school as D Rose, or something like that. He's just like a okay. Chicago boy, and like because of the pandemic, he kind of fell into Temple's hands. It was kind of epic, and and I he's awesome. Like he's just he's gonna transfer, no doubt, no way he stays here. He's too good. That's a Temple curse right now, man. <laughs> Oh yeah, because uh, yeah, so hold it. The athletic yeah, I department. I play for Greg Schiano. <laughs> if I could play for a Temple coach or Greg Schiano, not close, not close at all. Keep shopping. Hey, that uh, that'll wrap us up. That was the quickest hour in sports, as they call it. <laughs> it's good to be back. It's been a while. It's, it's you know good to put a bow on the Eagles and talk about happier things. It's good to be back. Yeah, no, it, it truly is. I really want to put a bow on the Eagles. And hey, hey man, not to not to dance on anyone's graves or anything like that but uh temple university podcast department is just about non-existent at this point it's it's like us i mean we're just doing our own thing we're doing our own thing it's i if i could say a few words about that um to the temple university podcasting department if that's even a thing um thank you for this opportunity uh, for letting a poor, strange boy at a different school like me wander into your department, uh, not even being able to put a face to the voice. Uh, yeah. hey, I'm, uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, all that said, uh, not to dance on anybody's grave or anything, um, but, you know, dumpster divers, there was no chance for you to ever keep us from being independent. You know what I mean? This, this was a revolution from the start. There was no chance. Uh, dumpster divers forever. Uh, get your tattoos of me and Josh's face if you're loyal. I was about to say like what would the tattoo be like like this screenshot right here we, you you can't see us if you're listening me and Josh and I could see each other on zoom it's he's wearing glasses and a flannel I haven't showered in five days and I'm wearing a hoodie and uh, is that a real stat or, or hyperbole <laughs> not a real stat definitely definitely a hyperbole uh, but you can what think it's it a real stat if you want to that's like just over 24 hours probably oh, man. I, I I'm not proud of it I can't I went to um New York <laughs> doing this in the podcast. Yeah, oh yeah. Shower stats. Okay. I went to New York. I think 
on like the 22nd. Oh my goodness. No, no, no. I went to Cassie's house on the 21st and I didn't get home till the 24th and I didn't shower. So all right. That was uh that was so Howie Roseman doubter not showering. That's what you all have in common. Everyone who doubts Howie Roseman doesn't shower. What? Sorry. Like, no what what high ground are you taking here? Like <laughs> the oh the four eleven and one Howie Roseman team. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Well, the people who do shower know that he drafted the two best players on the team: Miles Sanders and Jalen Hurts. <laughs> oh he also drafted like the other 45 shitty football players. I mean, he didn't draft them, but. Um. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyway, that's, that's the official bow we put on. We that's, do showering yeah, stats like that. is the official I, bow I like we put on the Eagles. Yeah. Something about Howie Roseman and not showering for three days. It, it just goes together. Yeah. Oh, man. Hayden, a pleasure as always. We're going to be back. We will be back, though. I want to talk some NFL playoffs with you sometime. Maybe Wild Card Weekend. Maybe not. We'll hash that out. But we'll be talking some NFL playoffs next time around because well, we're not going to go. We're not going to go a podcast episode without talking about American football. Uh, That's true. We're just, we're just lucky enough that the Eagles are done for the season. Yeah, I should probably learn who's in the playoffs. <laughs> Wait, real quick before we do that podcast. Real quick, yeah, yeah. You have to name me all the teams in the playoffs right now. Oh, jeez. Okay. I got that. This is easy. This is easy. I'll do it in order, too. Chiefs, Bills, Steelers. Uh, you don't have to do it in order. No, no. Who won the AFC South? Not the Colts. Not the Colts. What am I – what team am I missing? I can literally only think of the Jaguars. Oh, oh my God. Derrick Henry's Titans. Sorry. Okay. Um. Colts, Ravens, Browns. And then there's one more, isn't there? Because they expanded it. It's, or did I get them all? You name what? You named the Colts, the Ravens, and the Browns. That's three. There's... That's only seven. We're missing one. You named three teams. No, but okay. So ready? Let's do it again. Let's do it again. Chiefs, Steelers, oh. Bills, okay. Titans, Colts, Ravens, Browns. You got them. That's seven. There's seven? I think. Yeah, there's seven. And what about the other side? Okay, other side. Here we go. Packers. And then I think the Bears also made it. Yep. In the north. Okay. And then we got the Saints and the Bucks in the south. And then out west, we got Seattle. We got Washington. Doesn't know. LA. Is LA? Yeah, yeah. LA and the Rams. I was really hoping you weren't going to know. And I was going to just end the episode on that. (laughs) <laughs> I could I could not tell you what the matchups are, but I got all the teams. All right, I'm okay with that. All right. Well, we'll find out this weekend whether whether we do a preview or not. Still up to uh, up to the powers that be. That's not mm-hmm. true. Mm-hmm. And uh, hey, we're signing off over here. Once again, really appreciate you for joining, Mr. Dumpster and Mr. Diver. That's Hayden. I'm Diver. That's not true. Don't hold me to that. Now, just appreciate you for joining, Dumpster Divers. Hayden and I. Once again, it's been a hiatus, and it is good to be back, that's for sure. Tobias Harris, mark it down right now. He is about to have four MVP. to five poor games. How about this? Hayden, I almost want to make a bet with you, but I don't know what to bet. Like, I don't even know what the stakes would be. 
<sighs> Look, all right, I'll say this. In the next four to five games, Tobias Harris is going to shoot under over under 35% from behind three-point line. In the next <sighs> before once this week is over, all right, after the Sunday, I think from today until Sunday, he will shoot under 35% from three points. That's yeah, you might be onto that. You might you might have that. It's hard to argue. How about this? I'll give you $5 if Tobias Harris doesn't win league MVP. You have to give me 500 if he does. I, I just – I don't value $5 that much. That's yeah, no, you're right. You're right. That's just not worth it for you. It would be really funny, though. It was ter- If it was something, like, humiliating, maybe I'd say yes, you know? All right, less than 500 Less than 500 How about this? I'll give you $5 – when Tobias Harris doesn't win league MVP, you have to buy me a sports jersey of my choice if he does. Authentic. Eh, maybe not. No, it has to be an authentic sports jersey of your choice when Tobias Harris wins league wins MVP. League MVP. And you know what? I'll do it with a smile. If Tobias Harris wins league MVP, I will, I will buy you a jersey with a smile. Maybe I'll buy a Tobias Harris jersey. <laughs> nope, against the rules. And it can't be Kendrick Nunn either. Two jerseys off limits. Okay, if I wouldn't get a Kendrick Nunn jersey. That guy sucks. I hate that him. That guy sucks. Fuck Kendrick Nunn. That's how yeah. we're closing the podcast out. Thank you for listening to Dumpster Divers. And as always, as we say all the time, fuck Kendrick Nunn. <laughs>